we welcome you into the best podcast available, episode 22. It is a big one. The draft is over. Free agency, for the most part, is in the rearview mirror. It is schedule release day. And the 2020 Cleveland Browns schedule is out. And Gribbs, uh, it's a schedule that you look at. There's some head-scratching things, but and there's some, there's some tough stretches for this 2020 Cleveland Browns team. Uh, as it stands right now from a schedule? Yeah, I think the the initial surprise that I felt when I saw it was, I, I just think I started to believe all the scuttle about no division games early in the, in the schedule, that we, we kept being told that they were going to backload the schedule, and that just isn't the case at all. In fact, it's the opposite. Uh, so it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to see that you open the season with back-to-back uh, division games. It's, it's only, I think that will be the third time the Browns have done that since 2007. Uh, so those are important games right from the start. And then the rest of it, it's just kind of a schedule. I mean, I think it's very different feeling than last year when we were just counting all the primetime games. You've got two this year. Might be a little less than we, we all thought, but it's about right. And, and you can earn your way to more uh, when the season uh, unfolds a little bit more. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, coming up today on the best podcast available, we are presented by our great friends, at Arby's later on in the podcast, the voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan will join us. Also NFL Network's Andrew Siciliano. We've got you covered from a local angle and of course from a national one as well. Let's dive right into the games, Gribs. First and foremost, preseason, just a quick thought. Uh, The exact days still to be determined. And obviously we're in a spot with this country and with the world where we're not quite sure when things are going to get played or how things are going to get played. But your first two preseason games will be on the road at Chicago, at Green Bay, home for the Minnesota Vikings in a national TV afternoon game, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a lot of NFC North action here in the 2020 preseason. Yeah, I mean, that's my takeaway. I mean, again – they give us the entire NFC North except the Lions. Like, how, how does that not happen? Come on. Uh, you know, we, the barge is going to have to sit and wait for, for another year. But I think it's interesting that Kevin Stefanski's first game in first energy stadiums in, against his old team. And that was, that was my most notable uh, takeaway from that list. And I still want to know, I'm going to do my investigative report on what the league's fascination is with us and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the preseason. I just don't get it. It's not a quick flight for either team. I'm just happy we're not going down there this year. <laughs> there have been a couple people. I know Paul Taylor was doing a victory lap about that. So it's just five of the last six years, and the Browns have played, gone there because the one year you didn't play in the preseason, you played them in the regular season. So the, the first year that the Browns will not go to Tampa since 2014. Yeah, and the one year we spent a week. Yes, a long week. <laughs> it was a very, very long week. All right, we kick off the season Sunday, the 13th of September, 1 o'clock, and we are in Baltimore to battle the Baltimore Ravens. And then a quick turnaround for the home opener uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night football. And then back-to-back home games with a game against the Redskins. And then we end uh, the first four-game stretch with a trip to Dallas and Jerry world. It's the first time I know in my eight years that I've been doing this, that we are, we are going to Dallas. Uh, I'm excited about that road trip. Uh, but it is a pretty big gauntlet in these first four games of 2020. Yeah. My first thought with the the Ravens game was it's going to be hot there. Like Baltimore is like a sneaky hot place in September. I thought it was hot when we went there a week four last year, but it's crazy to think that the last time Baltimore's lost in the regular season, at, at all was against the Browns week four of last year. Uh, so that, that's a big time week one matchup. I imagine that'll be a pretty high listing uh, announcing crew, I imagine, for that kind of game. Uh, and then it, I, I like getting the Bengals early. I, I like getting Joe Burrow early in the Thursday night uh, showdown, first primetime home opener since 1999 when the Browns came back. Uh, so, I mean, that, I, I like that setup. And, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, I thought we might be going to Dallas for Thanksgiving, but That'll have to wait for another eight years. So we'll, 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 see, we'll see about that in the future. But Dallas is going to be really good this year. So that, that's going to be a tough game early in the season. Well, you're going to find out how good your football team is uh, relatively early on with those games in Baltimore and, of course, in 
Dallas. Uh, I, I, I take a look at that Dallas Cowboy. You mentioned it. I think for two years, I thought that they were going to play on Thanksgiving. And then the last week and a half, you started hearing rumors about it was going to be, we were going to, the first four games were not going to be anything with the AFC. You were going to play the NFC right. division that you were slated to play just in case those four games got bumped. Clearly that was just a rumor because right off the bat, you've got two division games to kick things off. Yeah. So it, it, those, those two games were where we thought they'd be after all these rumors, but just uh, not after the, the AFC North games. And I, I think it, I, I, th I, I'll go back to the Thursday night thing. I think it's good to get that game out of the way early in the season. You don't want that Thursday night game, like week nine before you he head to a bye week. I mean, that you can get it out of the way early. So you don't know any better at that part of the season. And that, It'll be a tough turnaround, but you won't have games and games and games wearing on you at that point. I, I like that location. It's going to be weird for a primetime home opener, but I think it'll be uh, – the Cleveland shows up really well for those Thursday night games, a lot better than some other cities. I, I like the atmosphere down there for that. Yeah, no question about it. All right, so that's quarter one. Quarter number two of the 2020 season, home – Road, road, home, going into a bye week, which I love the bye week right in the middle of the football season. Home game after Dallas against the Indianapolis Colts. It's a 425 CBS national TV special. And then back-to-back -back conference uh, games on the road at Pittsburgh, at Cincinnati. And then going into the bye week, the Las Vegas Raiders come to First Energy Stadium. Interesting, to say the least. In that quarter of the schedule, I was most surprised by Colts-Browns being like a primetime-ish game. I think that, that kind of took me aback just because I, even though Phillip Rivers is on the Colts now, the Colts just don't – they don't have a lot of a buzz. Like, not, not, a, not a big name team right now. I mean, their big offseason move was a defensive lineman, DeForest Buckner. I mean, I just – that one surprised me. I, I, I'll, I'll be taken aback, but I'll, I'll count that one as half a primetime game because those are those – are, we expect the, the Nance Romo crew for that one. Yeah, it, that, that was an interesting one. You're right, because you would think the Steelers might be a primetime game, one of those two, especially with Miles Garrett coming back. Uh, the games with Baltimore, uh, the game with Dallas. Nope, it's the, uh, it's the 425 game against the Indianapolis Colts at First Energy Stadium. All right, we get to the bye week, week nine. Do you like the bye week where it is, or are you a fan of a little bit later? I've lived through the week four bye week, and I've lived through the week 13 bye week. Both are terrible. So get it as close as you can to the middle, and this one's right in the middle. So you can't get any better than this one. All right, we come out of the bye week. Quarter number three of the – The toughest quarter. What's that? This is easily the toughest stretch, I would say. You, you believe that? Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. All right. I, I was going to say that quarter one into quarter two could be a little bit of a tough one, but you're right. I, I see where you're going here. Two home games followed by two road games. The home games coming out of the bye week, the Houston Texans come to town, followed by the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town, and then road games at Jacksonville, and then a trip to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and then you, you throw in the Ravens game after that, so you've got all four teams that made the playoffs last year that are on your schedule in a five-game stretch. So that, I mean, that's where it can get pretty tough. And, you know, I felt like the Browns kind of revitalized their season a little bit last year with that nice cushy home game set that they had with uh, the Bills, Steelers, and Dolphins. Not going to be like that this year. You're going to have to play some really good football to, to kind of come away with, with wins in that stretch. So coming out of the bye week, I mean, that, that stretch of games is going to de determine whether or not your December means something. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, and, and we're hoping. I would like to be playing meaningful December football again. I liked that a couple of years ago. Let's hope we're getting more of that here in 2020. We get into December. This is where the head-scratching part of the schedule comes into play. Uh, a Monday nighter against the Baltimore Ravens. National TV, ESPN. So you do get the national TV game with either the Ravens or the Steelers, and you get it in the form of the Baltimore Ravens. And then two road games at the Giants uh, on December 20th. And then December 26th or December 27th, it's to be determined. We have to go back to New York to take on the Jets. And then we wrap up the season at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers on January 3rd. 
Yeah. Time yeah. to be determined, by the way, yeah. for that Jets. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do they, do they usually flex these Saturday-Sunday games? Like, is this a new thing? Because I felt like the, the last time the Browns played on a Saturday, I felt like we knew that going in. They just didn't set the kickoff time. I thought that was the – that might be the, the new wrinkle is that they're keeping these open so they don't have a, a Saturday full of stinkers. I think that's, that's probably what they're, they're hoping. Yeah, it, and I'm assuming – I think that's part of their Amazon deal. If I'm yeah. correct, I think Amazon's going to be part of that Saturday package as well. But <clears throat> we, we spent a couple weeks in New Jersey uh, yeah. before Christmas and after Christmas. So uh, definitely not ideal, but, you know, at two very winnable football games with two divisional games mixed into the, the pack. And you can only hope that game on January 3rd really means something uh, to both teams. Yeah. It is crazy to me, though, too, that this is the second year in a row that a team will have to do this. The Bills did this last season, the first two weeks of the season. I thought that – and they, they, they benefited from it. They beat them – beat both the teams. They were the Kings in New York. I mean, I, I think that was the that, – that got them going. So, as long as you win these games, that's where it can – it's fine. I mean, maybe the, you might be feeling like Groundhog Day the second time you go back there. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to be more interested when these schedules start trickling out who, are, who is the Browns and Jets competition to avoid playing on that set? That's, right. that's, that's, that's what I want to know. And I'll be rooting very hard for a Sunday game. <laughs> I would like to not be flying on Christmas Day. Yes. Which would be the case if we were playing on the 26th. All right, that's a look at the Browns 2020 regular season schedule, plus a little bit of the preseason as well, those dates to be determined as it stands now on May, May the 8th of 2020. A lot can happen, obviously, between now and then with everything going on in our world. As I mentioned, coming up in a few minutes, we'll be joined by Andrew Siciliano from the NFL Network. Right now, though, the voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan, with his take on how these two, uh, how these schedules match up and what to expect here in 2020 as it pertains to your Cleveland Browns. Have a watch, have a listen. And on this schedule release episode of the best podcast available, we need to bring in the best and the voice of the Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. Jim, appreciate a few minutes of your time. Uh, And the 2020 schedule is out. And in my opinion, the schedule maker didn't do the brown and orange a whole lot of favors here in 2020. No, they didn't. It's, uh, and especially right off the tip, right off the tip, that opening game. Wow, what a game. In Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium against the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson, who the Browns made human in that game in Baltimore last year. I mean, really human. They kind of gave everybody a textbook on maybe how you defend against him. Not that anybody was successful against him after that. Um, and, and the Browns were not successful against no. him later in the year. But, I mean... That might have been the game of the season last year, considering where the Browns won it and how they won it with Nick Chubb having three touchdowns. If you can go in there, whether it's the opening Sunday, Jason, or at any point in the season and beat the Ravens in Baltimore, you have done a great, great deal of good. And you've obviously played very well because that is a tremendous atmosphere. One of the all-time tough stadiums to win in when you're the visiting team. Yeah, no question about it. I I think, and it pains me to say that, probably one of the top three or four stadiums in the seven years that I've been doing this to go to. In terms of the atmosphere, how we're set up, real close to the field, we are literally amongst the fans, some of whom usually are overserved by the time we kick off at one o'clock. That happened to be right in front of us, but uh, it is a very, very tough place to play, and it's a tough it's a tough way to kick off the season on a history that doesn't favor us too well in openers. No, I mean, uh, you consider this, I mean, since 1999, they've only won the opening game once and they've tied it once and there've been a whole lot of losses. And a lot of them have come in Cleveland really through the years. The Browns have opened at home many, many years since coming back. And you know what, Jason, I've always thought, and I've said this to you before, But I've always thought the opening game of the season, and specifically for the Browns, is so important because it's the one game of the year that you get so much time to prepare for. You can really mold your whole training camp around being ready for the opening game of the year. 
how much you play your regulars, how much you don't play your regulars. And, and you get ready for that game. And really, I think most teams, and, and I would think the Browns are in this category too, start to get ready for the opening game of the season, really the opening day of training camp. Everything is geared to being ready to go for that opening game. And the fact that you they haven't won it so historically so many times, it never to me feels like you walk out of there 0-1. It feels like you walk out of there 0-2 because you've had so much time to prepare for it, and it just is a big letdown when you don't win it. That's why I think it's so important. Now, this is, this is a tough way for Kevin Stefanski. It's a tough way for Joe Woods to open up his career as the defensive coordinator to get Lamar Jackson in his first game. And, you know, the other thing, Jason, is that the Ravens have a bad taste in their mouth after what happened last year in the playoffs. And for two years in a row now, they've lost right away in the playoffs and both times at home. But to go in as the number one seed last year and play the way they did against Tennessee and get knocked out of the playoffs right away, that uh, they've got a lot to make up for, I think. Yeah, it's it's two paybacks. It's one payback for what we did to them last year there. And then how would they end the season? It's going to be a double whammy. It's going to be a tough one indeed for the brown and orange uh, on September 13th. Let's take a look at the other games in this first quarter of the season. And you play that Thursday, you play that Sunday game at Baltimore. It's a quick turnaround. Right. Uh, but at least it's at home. It's a Thursday night game, and it's against the number one pick in the draft in Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals coming to town. Well, that's got a lot of storylines. It really does uh, because uh, it's a Thursday night game. You're right. And depending upon what you do, if you, if you go into Baltimore and play very well and get a good result in there, you have a chance to make up and get a lot of steam going into the front part of this schedule, which because the Browns in, in you know many years – have come out of that thing 0-1, that first month of the season has been a problem. Going into October, too many times, they've been two below 500 or three below 500, and you're just fighting to get back to sea level the remaining part of the year. But Joe Burrow coming in uh, with Cincinnati, and it will be really a lot of fun. Baker Mayfield being reinvented, and, uh, you know, it, it, it will be a great show. That will be a tremendous atmosphere. I go back to that Thursday night game. Well, really, last year against the Steelers up until the last eight seconds of the game. But you go back the year before, that night against the Jets was so electric inside that stadium because people were waiting for the Browns to win. Um, turning on those lights at First Energy Stadium is always fun in the regular season. Yeah, no question about it. You get back-to-back -back home games then with the Bengals Thursday night, a long weekend off, and then a date with the Washington Redskins coming to town. And Again, some high-profile players in, in Chase Young. And, you know, we'll find out who's going to be playing quarterback for Washington when, when their season starts. But uh, they've got a few answers. And then to close out the first quarter, a, chip, a trip to Jerry World. And for me, I mean, this is my eighth season uh, producing the radio network and the game day broadcasts. And it's my first trip to Jerry World. I know you've been there once before and, and they have some pretty good stories from – the last time you were there yeah it um it's the first time that we went there when it was built and it's the only time we've been there so far um it is a city unto itself it really is it is so big and it is such a huge stadium the browns should have won that day they should have won that day they were ahead the whole game and late in the game they were so wounded in the defensive secondary with injuries they couldn't cover anybody and so the browns kept committing penalties and getting, you know, uh, illegal use of the hands or uh, pass interference. And that's how Dallas came back and tied it and then won the game in overtime. It was a shame, but they played very well down there. You know, the other thing with the Bengals and the Redskins, Jason, it's really important the Browns win at home early in the year. Last year, they didn't do that. They ended up 500 at home. But if you remember, you know, they lost to Tennessee. They lost to Seattle. You know, they weren't playing well at home. They should win at home. You really need to win at home. I mean, that, that crowd's ready to win at home. You should make it very uncomfortable for Joe Burrow and, you know, whoever, Haskins or whoever is going to be playing for the Redskins at the time. Make it difficult for them and beat them. Yeah, uh, this is – you're right. Two very winnable games at right. home. Not easy, but no. winnable football games at home. You, you really need to take care of business in the first month because your first two road games, they're doozies. Yeah, they are. Yeah. We get into the second quarter of the season. Uh, I was a little surprised 
that this has become the national TV game uh, on a Sunday for us. But here we are, 425 on October 11th. It's a home game with the Indianapolis Colts. And, yeah, they got Phillip Rivers, and they have a good football team. But I, I'm a little surprised that that seems to be – I mean, 425 would signal a Nance Romo uh, CBS A-team broadcast. Sure. Yeah. And with the Steelers the following week, one would think they would become – that game and Miles Garrett's first game back against them, but instead it's the Colts. Yeah, that's really interesting. Good team, great coach. I like Frank Reich a lot. I think he does great things there. Um, I think that unfortunately, I mean, you know, if you can remember last year when we were there in the summer for that, uh, the combined practices with the two, which led up to the, to the preseason game against each other at Lucas Oil Stadium, um, at that point, remember, Jason, they were just saying, well, Andrew Luck's going to be back. I mean, it's just a matter of when, but he's going to come back. There's no doubt about it. And, of course, right after we leave, then it really comes out, <laughs> no, he's not going to be back. In fact, he's never coming back. He's going to retire. So, I mean, that threw a monkey wrench into their season. The Phillip Rivers thing will be really interesting because the Tom Brady story has overshadowed some of these quarterbacks moving around. Um, it will be interesting to see. I mean, Rivers is on an interesting deal there. It's a one-year deal. Um, you know, they have other, you know, quarterbacks laying behind there. Jacoby Brissett, um, they play good defense. I, I, that, that should be an interesting game. It really should. Uh, the Colts, um, you know, that will be a lot of fun. It will, you know, and as you say, it's a late afternoon game. You know, the crowd will be ready. Yeah, yes, they will. <laughs> no question about it. All right, so we have the Colts, and then we hit the road for two games. And then you get really into the division swing yet again at Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. So before the bye week and before you get the halfway point of the year, Cincinnati's done and gone. Yeah, you know, I um I give I have to give that Zach Taylor a lot of credit when the Browns played them last year. I thought the Bengals played really hard and obviously really well the last game of the season and beat the Browns, but even the game in Cleveland. I mean, they're inside the 10-yard line the entire afternoon. The fact of the matter was they couldn't get it into the end zone and score touchdowns but they were all over the Browns. That was a very white-knuckler ride that afternoon in a game where, if you remember, when, you, when the Browns went into the game that day at home against the Bengals, you figure it's going to be a win and probably a very easy win. And the statistics said the Browns should run the ball all over them. They were the worst run defense in the NFL. And the Browns, for some reason, didn't run the ball in the first half. But it was a tight game. And, um, you know, I would it will be interesting to see what – Zach Taylor does in his second year. And, of course, the trip to Pittsburgh is always amazing. You know, and at some point, things have got to shift around there. Because if you're really going to arrive at the point where you want to arrive at, win the division, go to the playoffs, you're going to have to learn how to win over there. And more importantly, you have to overcome the song Renegade. Yes, that's right. When that, that, Renegade comes on, I would, you'd like to have a lead. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, desperately want to have a lead in that situation. <laughs> uh, the final game before the bye week, the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, Gruden Mayock, will Carr be the quarterback? Will it be Mariota by that time? I think there's a lot of storylines involving the Raiders here by the time they get to us Halloween weekend. And by the way, quite happy that they're coming here Halloween weekend as opposed to us going to them in Vegas. Yeah, they're, yeah, I think everything has been gauged to, um, you know, making what they think is going to be actually be their team, the, the Gruden Mayock creation when they arrive in Las Vegas. I mean, you know, and so they're there presumably and, and, you just wonder what they're going to be all about. I, I um, you know, I, I, the John Gruden thing shows little signs, Jason, that it's going to take shape and take off, but then they'll, you know, they'll lose two in a row and they, they may not play well. And, um, you know, it just has had, it hasn't had, it hasn't had a long shelf life when they've played well. Now, whether that's the quarterback or whether it's him just really fiddling with his roster to the point now where he says, okay, it's year three, it's time to really go. That that should be would be it will be a lot of fun to see them come to Cleveland and it will be a lot of fun to see really what they're all about by that time because they should be really starting to become what they envision themselves to become. Yeah. The bye week comes right at the middle of the year, which we will take all day long. Coming out then the third quarter of the football season. And <clears throat> Andrew Gribble and I talked about earlier, Gribbs thinks this is the toughest part of the schedule here. The next 
four out of the five games that you're playing are against playoff caliber opponents and you start things off with two games at home, it'll be Houston followed by Philadelphia. Two very tough games for this football team. And really probably at this point in the year, you're probably going gut check time. Let's see what this team is made of here against two of the better teams in football. Yeah, I agree. Um, we do not play well um, through the years, except when they first came into the NFL against the Texans. I mean, early on, we were okay against the Texans. Terry Rubisky got his only win as the interim head coach of the Browns against the Texans. Uh, Butch Davis got a win against the Texans. Um, but since then, we have really struggled. There was a death knell game uh, when it looked as though we were rolling, uh, coming in against Houston, and J.J. Uh, Watt just dominated the game against the Browns. The last time we were down there, Mayfield had a bad first half, but a very good second half. But it was such a bad first half that, uh, you know, it just wasn't going to work. Uh, I don't know if you remember, you remember the, the failed attempt of making Kevin Hogan a starting quarterback against the, <laughs> against the Texans, and he completed more to Houston than he did to his own team. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's going to be a tough twosome. You're right about that. Philadelphia, you know, I just admire Doug Peterson and how he coaches that team very, very much. Yeah, definitely a very, very good football coach in two games that'll be tough. And then you go on the road for two games. Thanksgiving weekend, we are in Jacksonville. And then the following week, we are at Tennessee, a yet another playoff team, a team that went to the AFC Championship game. So a game at Jacksonville, and, and a lot of fans, I think, would look at that Jacksonville game and say, eh, that's a win. They're not a good football yeah. team. They're going to be tanking. We have not <laughs> played well in Jacksonville. No, my gosh, the last time we went down there, I mean, you know, you figured that you're, you know, you're going to win and you're going to, you know, you're on a roll there. And they went down there and, uh, you know, just didn't perform well at all. Brian Hoyer had a rough game down there, I remember. And uh, the Browns just, you know, fizzled down there. So, um, again, you know, Doug Marone, I would imagine, Jason, I mean, remember there were reports right at the conclusion of the regular season that he was fired, but he wasn't fired. Um, you know, a lot of you know, this game, we could have easily been in London for this game, but the international games have been brought back stateside. Certainly understandable. Um, again, um, interesting game. I like the Browns' talent against Jacksonville. And um, like you said, then the game after that, you know, uh, that's a really good team. With yeah. a, That coach really knows how to get that team dialed up. We got a taste of that in a very, very distasteful way in the opening game last year. Mike Vrabel really did an amazing job with that team. Final quarter of the season then, uh, and it closes out a little bit of a gauntlet here. It's a Monday nighter. It's our second primetime game. It's against the Baltimore Ravens. Monday night, December 14th. Going to be nice and cold at First <laughs> Energy Stadium, but uh, the Ravens come into town for a little primetime action. It doesn't get any bigger than that for the Browns. I always look at the schedule, and it always looked so so great and appetizing because you get your rivalries once again. You're inside the division, but you want to be in it. You know, you don't want to be in that category of in the hunt. You want to be in the category of for the division, you're still in it. You're definitely in it as a wild card possibility. And that, that would add to the atmosphere. You just don't want to be playing out the string. And it will be fascinating to see, you know, where the Browns are at that point in time because um, there's still a lot of firepower on this team. There's a lot of star power on this team. And if it stays healthy, and I know that's a big if, but if it stays healthy, it could really be hitting stride at that point that, you know, Kevin Stefanski would be months into his first season where things should be really in sync at that point. Boy, that would be fun if mathematically we're very much in it at that time. Yeah, indeed. And then uh, nothing like spending the holidays uh, in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Back-to-back -back weeks, I'm not quite sure what the schedule maker was doing, although they did this this past season to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they, that's right. Yeah. They, they did the Giants and Jets thing in back-to-back -back weeks. But, again, it, it's one of those things where you look at it and you go, ugh, we got to go – we have to go to the Giants on the 20th. And then depending on who's where, and if we're in contention and the Jets are in contention – Maybe that Sunday game becomes a Saturday game on the 26th, and now we're flying on Christmas Day to back to New Jersey when we've already been there six days earlier. 
Yeah, we've done that once. We flew on Christmas Day one time. We played in Miami uh, down there around Christmas. And I can remember flying on Christmas Day. Um, you know, the, uh, the Giants fascinating. Joe Judge, uh, how will Daniel Jones be at that time? Will Saquon Barkley be healthy at that time? You know, what are the Giants going to be like with this shift in, in head coaching? Uh, you know, uh, Shermer being out and now Joe Judge coming over from New England and really anointed. Uh, as a tough guy coming off Bill Belichick's staff where he's going to really make the Giants tough again. Uh, that will be fun. The Jets will be interesting. Where will they be at that time? You know, uh, Adam Gase, where are they going to be? Where are they going to be with Sam Darnold at that time? Because we know in Chicago, there's great worry about Mitchell Trubisky. Um, you wonder if there's a little worry about Darnold too. Yeah, no question. Final game of the year. And I hate that we do this. I hate the schedule maker for doing this, but it's a date with the Steelers and, and it's on January 3rd and, and similar to the Ravens game. I'm hoping that it means something on January 3rd when we play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And more importantly, you want it to mean something for us rather than just yes. for them because <laughs> they'll fill the place, you yeah. know, fans are going to be in there and hopefully they are. Uh, they'll fill the place. I mean, a couple of years ago, remember they needed a win coming in and, uh, and came in and won the game and they were looking at the scoreboard because somebody else was involved in a game that they needed. And you're right. That, I mean, again, as we look at it, that game looks great and you just hope it sizes up to the way the season plays out that it is great that it is a big game, that you're really playing for something, not just for a draft choice, you know, or just trying to, you know, add a win on. Hopefully it's a win that gets you somewhere into the postseason. That would be something. Yeah, definitely. I thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was great to have you break things down and uh, hard to believe, but we're back at it again. You're number 22 for you and Mr. You're, Deacon. Yes, that's right. With me and Deke, it will be our 22nd year. And Doug's been doing it since Moses parted the Red Sea. Or 33 years ago. <laughs> uh, I had to text him earlier today. We were, we were trying to figure out. I'm like, I've got to, I got to find out. I need clarity on that. So uh, I hope you and your family are well. I hope everybody's staying healthy. And uh, we definitely look forward to Hopefully, as things open up here, getting a chance to get back into that building and seeing these guys playing uh, in person and look forward to your calls all fall, sir. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. We're doing well here. Hope you are, too. And uh, we miss everybody. Yeah, definitely. Likewise. Hey, want to thank Jim Donovan. Right now, from more of a national perspective, earlier, Andrew Gribble and I had a chance to sit down with Andrew Siciliano from the NFL Network. Here's a sample of that. Happy to be joined on the best podcast available, schedule release edition uh, by one of the best. And we do say that because we mean it and we appreciate it. Not because, you know, we wanted him to come on and he sometimes, you know, he's a busy guy, but he wanted to be on. He wanted to be a part of this. So we greatly appreciate it. Andrew Siciliano, NFL Network host, joins us and yeah, a little bit of a Browns fan as well. Greetings, my friend. Jason, Andrew, how are you guys? I apologize for uh, responding so late on the text. I woke up this morning and went, it's schedule release day. Yes. And then I went, oh, bleep, I forgot to respond. How, how is everyone? Healthy, safe, all good? All good here. Yeah. All Knock on wood. I, I, tomorrow it's supposed to snow in Cleveland. Uh, I don't know what <laughs> it is where you here. are. It's yeah. 80 in LA. It's rough. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. You have nothing to be sorry for. I mean, that's, that's a good it's a good gig if you can get it. I'm not complaining. <laughs> the Browns schedule is out. Schedule release uh, and the Browns with some interesting dates and times and an interesting way to start the 2020 NFL season, if indeed we start when we are scheduled to start, Andrew. Your takeaways uh, from what you've seen on the Brown schedule here in 2020. All right. Still trying to digest. And, and yeah, as you said, the, the first, the, the most important thing is that everyone is, is safe and that when these games, uh, fingers crossed that they will go on in September, that it's safe for the, the players. It's safe for everyone in the organization. It's safe for the media. And most importantly, it's safe for the fans. So yes, we're all on the same page with that. That said, uh, you know, opening in Baltimore, 
so there goes that idea of no division games early. I never believed that one to begin with anyway. So you open on the road in Baltimore. It's a test. I mean, it's Lamar Jackson and the defending champions for the last two seasons in the division. It is a test right out of the gate. You'll get a good idea of where both of these teams are. I, I think the Ravens got better the last couple of weeks in the draft. Patrick Queen in the first round, J.K. Dobbins. I know Buckeye fans probably hate that he's a Raven. Um, and I know Raven fans, some Ravens fans, I can't believe that they took him. It was like one of the biggest no-brainer picks for me of the entire draft. Like C.D. Lamb falling to the Cowboys at 17. You turn in that card. It may not be a big need, but with the Ravens, all they do is run the stinking football anyway. You get another horse back there. I think it's a brilliant pick. So it's a test week one. And, and then the short week, at least that game is at home week two with Thursday against the Bengals, you're, you're going to find out how good Joe Burrow is immediately, and then you're going to find out how good Dwayne Haskins is if he has the job right after that. Week four at Dallas, I mean, you got to play eventually. You may as well do it there. At least it's not on Thanksgiving, which I think is a win for everyone. That You don't have to play on Thanksgiving as much as you like the national stage. Um, you don't want to go to Dallas for Thanksgiving. Spend the holiday with your family. Uh, let's see. What else sticks out? Middle of the season bye. And – <laughs> December's rough Monday night against the Ravens and then back-to-back -back weeks over Christmas in Jersey oof and then week 17 against the Steelers um December is not going to be easy but it never is yeah, Andrew I think when we look at these uh the strength of schedule it's always tough to gauge because you're going off last yeah. year's record. And, and the Browns learned that the hard way with the NFC West last year, uh, turning out to be a great division. What are your thoughts on the NFC East, which had a rough year last year and, and but could be poised to be a little bit better this year? Andrew, it, it's so tough to tell. Like right now on paper, the Patriots have the toughest schedule in the NFL because yeah. that's last year's records. So who knows? There's always a worst to first. Statistically, historically, it always happens. And it's never easy to judge what a division is going to be like right now. I'd say with the NFC East, you know what the Cowboys are. I, you think you know what the Eagles are. You have no idea what the Redskins are whatsoever. And who am I missing? At the end? You have no idea what the Giants are. You just don't know. I mean, I think they're better, right? But Joe Judge is in his first year, and Daniel Jones has a rebuilt offensive line. You, you hope – you think he's – I don't know. Uh, and the Red, look, the Redskins could go 2-14 and 14 and be a better football team than they were a year ago. I know that sounds absurd, but you could see everything like clicking. Maybe Dwayne Haskins plays well. Ron Rivera, his defense is getting it, but they're not winning enough games. I, I think I'll say this. I would rather have the Redskins early than late. And the same for the Bengals. The fact that they play Joe Burrow and the Bengals twice before Halloween, I think, is a good thing because I'd rather have them when the rookie quarterback is just trying to get it. I know, I know we asked about the NFC East, not the Bengals there, than have them late. But you mentioned the AFC East – I'm sorry, our division, the AFC North. You mentioned Cincinnati. The, the quarterbacks now in this division – and what every team in the division did during the draft and over the draft weekend, and then what a number of them did in free agency, not just the Browns. This has become quite the powerhouse division all over again, and it's taken less than a year to rebuild that division, essentially. And Ben Roethlisberger sat last year out. And no matter what you think of the depth or the talent on the rest of the roster – Again, history shows us that if Ben is there, they're going to have a puncher's chance. A, a punch a puncher's chance every single week, and we certainly see that when Ben faces the Browns. We know what those numbers are. So it's the Ravens' division for the last two years. Uh, I, I would have to say the Steelers are as good a shot as anyone to knock them off, simply because that's what history dictates the Bengals haven't made the playoffs since 2015. We're well aware of the Browns' drought. It is top to bottom. I think the NFC West is the best division in football right now, and I'm not ready to crown the Bengals or say that they're an immediate playoff contender, but they're certainly improved. But it, it is right up there with the NFC West and the NFC North as most challenging divisions in football. Uh, Andrew, what, you, you know all the circumstances with, with Miles and the Steelers. What are your thoughts on 
him going back to to Pittsburgh for the first time. And then as a Browns fan, what do you, what do you think when you see the Steelers at, in, in that last game that they always just. I just want that game to mean something. Yeah. I just want that week 17 game to mean something. And by the way, before I leave out all the other divisions, yes, the NFC South will be much better as well this year too. Obviously that Brady guy evidently is in Florida, but uh it's not going to be a warm welcome for Miles in Pittsburgh. I think we can all agree on that. I, I hope cooler heads prevail and that um, the the emotions get kept in check and that nothing wild happens and that the fans get a good game, but that nobody gets hurt. I mean, that's the most important thing. Um, I, I trust Miles will keep his cool. I think he learned his lesson. And uh, I'm just hoping not a lot of flags and, and nobody gets hurt. In week 17, again, let's just make that game mean something. I'm a big fan of that. Talking with Andrew Siciliano from the NFL Network, and we appreciate a few minutes of his time breaking down the Browns' 2020 schedule as it stands right now. There's still a lot of factors. There's still a lot of time between now and when we are slated to kick off the season. Andrew, from the people you've talked to and the guests you've had on NFL Network, how difficult – has it been to put this schedule together this year with everything that's been going on? So it, it's certainly a challenge, but I, I don't know. And, and to be honest with you, the, the schedule, the schedule is always kind of kept behind a cloak of secrecy. Most years, guys, it's an exceedingly difficult thing. And, and just from a network perspective here, uh, we don't know at the network that the schedule is coming out often until 10 o'clock the night before. Now, we, we have a target usually. Hey, the goal is between this date and this date, and the goal is for Wednesday, or the goal is for Thursday. But example, last year, David Njoku and I did, did um, that appearance there when, when the, we had the schedule release and we, you know, we did a big thing with the Browns last year. I don't think uh, that was on a Thursday, right, I want to say. I, I didn't book my ticket until Tuesday night to fly there from L.A. because we weren't certain that it was going to be Thursday. So – there is always, uh, I would say, secrecy, but at the same time, they have to go through so many different schedule possibilities because some stadium has a tractor pull, another stadium has a Taylor Swift concert, there's Yom Kippur, there's Rosh Hashanah, there's a marathon, there's every team has so many different requests that there are literally tens of thousands of schedule possibilities that get spit out by the computer tens of thousands and then eventually they take one and go you know what this one works everyone looks at it make sure the networks get enough of the primetime games or the big games to keep everyone happy and they put the stamp on it and then 36 hours later we crank the schedule out and put it on the tv this year is different because september has a big question mark but the nfl has the the benefit of four months here and the benefit of seeing what baseball does hopefully the first week of july the benefit of seeing how the nba and the nhl can um, can hopefully finish their seasons. I'm watching Korean baseball now in the middle of the night. I hope you guys are as well. I miss it. Um, you got my point. I think uh, the goal is to have people in the stadium and games being played in September. Between now and September, it's figuring out how to do that safely. Getting the schedule out this week is just the next check mark hopefully on the long list of things needed to do to get back on the field in September. Andrew, what, what are your thoughts on the schedule coming out after the draft? I, I think that this is a little bit different this year, obviously with no other sports going on, but it, it, it just seems like it, it, it follows a nice order with knowing where these draft picks are. And you can talk about, about the, these games from that angle. Yeah, I kind of like it, to be honest with you. We're so used to having it the week before the draft. I think there might be some talk to, to do this the same way next year you know they announced the league announced long before the draft that the schedule release would be after the draft yeah. and they were adamant at the time that that did not have to do with the quarantine the shut in the pandemic I, I think it elongates the off-season schedule which is I think always something good to, to keep the fans interested and to keep the off-season machine churning I don't mind it I think we could see it again one final one for you, uh, and it has to do with the Browns offseason. Uh, new front office, new head coach. We've been through that before, but now eh, 
I mean, Anderberry and Kevin Stefanski have had themselves a nice little offseason in free agency and in the draft. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I know I sound like a broken record. I'm excited about the offseason. I get it. We've all been here before. Uh, we've had reasons to be excited before. Uh, my gut tells me they got it right this time. And I think you guys are probably on the same page. We won't know until August, hopefully, or September. Um, or January 3rd against the Steelers week 17. You'll have a far better idea. But I like the Hooper move. I like the fact that Njoku got his fifth-year option, speaking of him, picked up. Uh, I would love to see Odell healthy and practicing and on the field, as he last week or a couple of days ago said online that he is uh, healthier and ready for a big season. Uh, look, all the pieces seemingly are in place on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but at the same time, I would, you know, also preach a little bit of, of caution in that it's a new coach and a new system and a lot of newness. And I do think, and this isn't necessarily even a Browns answer here, Jason, that this offseason with a lot of uncertainty favors teams that have continuity. Okay, so I think before the draft, the teams with the coach and the front office continuity, teams that had worked together in the past for many a draft, probably had the leg up. That doesn't mean the Browns drafted bad players. I like their draft, at least on paper. And I think in the offseason here, um, when you're learning on, on Microsoft Teams, on big boxes like this, where we're all just, you know, Hollywood Squares kind of thing, if you have a system in place, you have a leg up on the competition. It's just the way it is. So the Browns have a challenging offseason because everyone is new. So while the pieces on paper look good, it's, it's a lot of work to get all those pieces working together. Yeah. It will be interesting to see how things transpire here over the coming weeks and months as states start to open back up and we get closer to the 2020 NFL season. Appreciate all the time, my friend. Thank you for, uh, thank you for hopping on with us. All the best. Hope you and your family continue to stay healthy. And, Likewise. Uh, we look forward to continuing to, to watch you there on NFL Network. Appreciate all the time and keep up the great work. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jason Andrew. Both of you, the same. Hopefully the families are good. Sorry for the noise in the background where it sounds like my neighbor is trying to cut down a tree. Um, here's to uh, raising a glass, hopefully, in a training camp somewhere this summer. Want to thank Jim Donovan. Want to thank Andrew Siciliano for their time here on the best podcast available. Presented this week to you by our good friends at Arby's and Gribbs. Uh, one big takeaway. When you take a look at the entire schedule and the entire body of work, one big takeaway. I think this, this schedule to me sums up the differences in offseason between this year and last year. I, I, th I just think that this is a normal schedule. This isn't like a 2017 schedule where you had 15 one o'clock games. And it's not like last year's where you had four primetime games, a couple of four o'clock games, and, and, and all the spotlight was on you. This is a normal NFL schedule with two primetime games and then a bunch of games in your normal time zone. So this, this is a reflection of this offseason. I think it's, it's welcome. Uh, and that was honestly my, my takeaway was that when I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay, there's the schedule. And I think that's, that's the reaction you should have. Toughest stretch. You mentioned it earlier, but you, you believe that that, uh, that, quarter, that third quarter of the football season coming out of the bye week will make or break this season. Yeah, it's the third quarter plus the early fourth for me because I think that's four, four out of the five teams were in the playoffs last year. I think all four of those teams are going to be pretty good again this year. And also the one game in between there is against Jacksonville in a place that the Browns have not won since 2008. Not, not the easiest place to play. No. Just a, a unique experience, to say the least. Uh, so I, I just think that is a stretch, especially with a young football team coming off after a bye. You, you've got to be ready for teams that know how to play at that time of year. Road trip you were most looking forward to, my friend. I'll go with the easy answer, and that's Dallas, because I've been to one and I've been to one game in that stadium, and that was a college game. I went and saw Alabama, Michigan, uh, at that stadium. So that was, I mean, that was fine. That was a normal experience. But this is unique in a couple ways. It's Dallas Cowboys football and the Browns, and, and they don't have a ton of one o'clock games there. I think that that'll be the interesting part of it. They play a lot of four o'clocks, a lot of prime times. I mean, they're, they're not used to playing in, in this crowded window. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see. Maybe you catch the Cowboys sleeping a little bit. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all uh, transpires when you take a look at this schedule. Hey, tickets, single game tickets are on sale now. Log on to clevelandbrowns.com and the Browns mobile app. Uh, the team uh, obviously has released the schedule, and Brown season ticket members and fans will have the immediate opportunity to purchase tickets to all games at First Energy Stadium. Limited quantities remain available, so make sure you log on and get your tickets uh, today. The Browns and the NFL, we are preparing for a full 2020 season while closely monitoring developments related to COVID-19. In the event games are canceled or fans are not permitted based on policies set by medical experts, government officials, or the NFL, the team will make various credit and refund options available to fans who purchase tickets directly from the club. And obviously, we want everybody to stay safe. And uh, in this time where we're starting to open things up here a little bit, we ask that you continue to stay safe. We want to play football. We want to be out there. We want games with fans in the stands. There is no question about it. Uh, I, I don't even know how it would look or sound if there were no fans in the stands. If we couldn't go to the games even. So stay healthy. Continue to listen to the medical experts and government officials. And we look forward to seeing you all knock on wood at First Energy Stadium here in 2020. Want to thank Jim Donovan. Want to thank Andrew Siciliano, Jeff McDaniel, and Baco for all of their help. Uh, Anthony Baco. Did I just screw that up, Gribble? I yeah. Did. I did. Uh, eh, I got that going for me. Baco, sorry. I love you. Trust me. We appreciate all your help. Uh, we're back with you on Tuesday with another episode of the best podcast available. Make sure you log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe today to the best podcast available. Also, check us out on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Browns. For Andrew Gribble, I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for watching, and thanks for listening to the best podcast available.